Welcome to Getting Social with the Curious Cowgirl, a podcast that is all about teaching antiques and vintage business owners step-by-step how to utilize social media to cultivate new clients and increase sales. y'all. I hope everybody is doing well today. I am Mary the Curious Cowgirl and I am excited to spend some time with you today. As I said in my introduction, whether you're watching um, this video for training or you're listening to this information via a podcast, I work with antique and vintage dealers, uh, shop owners, antique mall managers, show promoters, flea market managers, anybody that's in the antique and vintage business world, I work with them on better utilizing social media to help attract new customers and clients. It's really fun. I enjoy doing it. And so every week I record a training video or podcast, depending again on how you're getting this information, um, either offering some training or some advice or in the case of this week's episode, I'm going to be giving you all some real world examples of success related to social media. Um, you know, I think it's, I, I thought about this over the weekend and I have certainly watched a lot of training videos, you know, over the years. So, you know, kind of, um, social media marketers or online marketers doing training. I've listened to, oh my gosh, thousands of hours of podcasts. And, no matter how good the tips are and the training is, I, I think unless you can find some real world examples of the techniques that you're recommending and teaching actually working for people, I don't know, it feels like it might, you know, kind of come across a little bit as pie in the sky. So I wanted to give you all a couple of real world examples that happened to me that involve me. That's how I know they really happened. And, um, and hopefully in listening to these two, um, I'm going to call them case studies, these two case studies, it will give you all some confidence about the power of social media to really make a huge impact with your antique or vintage business. All right. So, okay. So let's jump into the first one. Um, so this first case study happened, let's see, we're in the year 2020. This happened in 20, I think it happened in 2018. August of 2018. I don't, no, 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 that's not right. It was August of 2019. Okay, so here's what happened. Um, I have shared with you all uh, many times, either in my podcasts or training videos, or if you read any of my um, blog articles that I write, that the way that I got started in this consulting business in the um, antiques world is because my husband and I are really big collectors. And um, back when we were traveling a lot, and I know that we'll get back to it, but for many, many years, when Will and I would make a plan to take a trip, nine times out of 10, it was to attend a big art show or flea market or antique show, um, maybe a gallery opening, that kind of thing, maybe a big auction. And so we would make our travel decisions based on um, these date-specific events. And one of our favorite 
um, antique shows to attend every year was the New Hampshire Antique Week. It always happens in August. And um, my husband actually went, I guess, a couple of times before I was able to go. It always fell right at the same time that one of our four kids was going back to college and or or school was starting. And so I was kind of knee deep in getting them ready. But I was able to go. I think I was able to go one year. Anyway, Will has been a number of times. So I think this is like the third or fourth year that Will had been um, attending the show. We've got lots of really good friends who are dealers. There's, I think, three, there used to be three or four shows that happened simultaneously over the same three or four-day period. And we have very good friends that um, were dealers at all of the different shows. And so it was a lot of fun to go um, to see our friends and then also, again, we're collectors. So um, so Will was up there. I was not able to go this particular trip. I was very sad because um, I'd been the year before and I found some wonderful things. So, you know, once you've been to a show and you're like, ooh, that's a good one. It's so it's such a bummer when you can't go back. But, it, you know, it was what it was. I was trying to get a kid off to college. So um, Will was there. And the um, one of the shows that he was attending, um, he got in line like a couple of hours before the doors open. Yes, we are those people <laughs> who do that. And, um, you know, he was in line and visiting with other people. And I don't know, like maybe the doors opened at 10 or something. So he was, you know, in line at eight in the morning. And we were texting back and forth. And he was telling me the different people that he'd seen and all that. And I was, you know, saying how sad I was that I wasn't there. And, you know, that, that kind of conversation. So, um, I went to my um, laptop, sat down at my desk in my home office, and opened it up um, to start, you know, doing what I do. And one of the things that I typically start my day doing is checking my different social media accounts for questions or DMs or comments on posts where I could offer some help or maybe somebody's trying to get in touch with me, whatever. So I usually start my day kind of checking all the accounts. And so the first thing I did was I looked at my one of my Facebook pages. I have a couple of them, and I was looking at one of my Facebook pages, and um, the without getting too knee deep in this, when you open up any social media app, it doesn't matter if it's on your phone or your laptop or your tablet, that you're going to be shown typically um, posts from accounts that you engage with a lot. The algorithm that runs both Facebook and Instagram and really, you know, Twitter and Pinterest and all the different things knows and pays attention to what we're looking at and they show us more of what we're looking at. So a lot of times in my home feed, I see a lot of posts from antique dealers or flea markets or shows or whatever that I'm following because I interface a lot with those, those kinds of accounts. And so as I look, there's an antique dealer, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share their name with you because I just think they're wonderful people. But it's Old Hope Antiques. They are based out of uh, Manhattan, and I believe they have a secondary location. Mm, guys, don't get mad at me if I butcher this. Either upstate New York or Connecticut. Can't remember which, but um, we've gotten to be friends with them over the years and have bought some things from them over the years. And so when I opened up Facebook, there was a post from Old Hope Antiques. And they were showing their booth that was at this same show that my husband was attending. And they were just, it had been, you know, it was set up and ready. And they were just basically saying, we're so excited to, you know, for the opening of the New Hampshire Antique Show. And, 
you know, whatever. And they did a, um, I don't remember if it was a, a, an image or a video. I think it was an image. But they took a, a picture of their booth ready to go. And as I was looking at the picture, I saw something that was really interesting to me. So I, you know, I, I zoomed in. Um, I think I must have been on my phone, phone. Zoomed in with my fingers and and saw this wonderful um, um, folk art object that was very, very interesting to me. And had I been at the show, I would have been very interested to see it in person. So I took a screenshot of it and texted it to my husband and said, hey, I think this is something you should go look at. It's at, you know, it's in Old Hope's booth. So maybe as soon as they open the doors, will you go straight to their booth and take a look at what this is? And he said, sure. So he did. And he, I mean, within five minutes of the show opening, he he went to their booth first, talked to them, called me and said, here's what it is. Here's the price. Do you want it? I said, yes, absolutely. And so in the first five minutes of that show, um, Old Hope made this sale. And the reason they made this, and not that they wouldn't have made the sale without us, but, but I mean, that's pretty quick, right? Okay, so... The reason that within the first five minutes they made the sale is because they posted a really good image on social media. I saw it on social media. And as a collector, I found a way to connect with the dealer and make the purchase. Okay. Now, that, you know, again, in terms of a case study, Show, you know, if you are an antique dealer, whether you are participating in an antique show or you have a booth at a mall or you have a brick and mortar or you're at a flea market, the power of social media to reach people who are not even physically there is huge. Um, Because really, the number of people who are potential buyers, um, your potential customers or clients, probably far exceeds the number of people who are actually physically able to attend, you know, whatever, flea markets or shows or, or, or go to your shop or your antique mall across the country. And, you know, in it, whether that is because of travel limitations or because, like me, I was tied up with kids and couldn't get there, uh, you know, whatever the reason is, social media erases all of those obstacles to finding your next customer or client. And so, you know, it is a real thing. The time that it took them to take some pictures of their booth and post them on social media produced a a, a good sale for them in the very first five minutes of that show, okay? And so I, I just encourage you to kind of ruminate on that a little bit because social media has that power definitely and i can attest to that because in that case i was the um i was the buyer okay so let me give you all another example of the power of social media and this literally has been happening in my life over the last couple of weeks all right so bear with me do y'all feel like this is like story time with mary (laughs) okay here is my second um you know kind of um you know real example um So Will and I have some very good friends who are also Will's family. They're they're distant cousins of Will's. And they also are friends. And it's very fun when family is also friends, right? Okay, so they, um, their family, Will's family is from East Texas. And unfortunately, this particular part of the family, their mother 
passed away um, a number of months ago. And so they are now in the process of preparing her um, home for a big estate sale. And so um, just in casual conversation, just totally casual conversation, um, one of the cousins said to me, oh my gosh, Mary, you would love to come see the closets at mom's house that are full of unbelievable vintage clothes, vintage hats, gloves, all the stuff, you know, mom never, ever, ever threw anything away. And so I, I am a really big vintage clothing collector and, and I, in another lifetime ago, it feels like, I mean, probably 15 years ago or more, I actually sold vintage clothes back before we had social media. I was, um, buying things on eBay and going to estate sales um, and then doing like little, um, shows out of my house when my kids were young. Anyway, I'm a big collector and I love vintage clothes. So she was just sharing that with me. And she said, you know, kind of offhanded, you know, she goes, golly, I just, I mean, some of these things may be kind of valuable, but we just don't know what to do with them. And I said, well, why don't, why don't you let me come out there and I'll take a look and, and see. I mean, and she was like, do you mind? And I said, no, that's fun for me. You know, I mean, it, it's, I love looking at, you know, whatever, people's closets, <laughs> seeing what's there. All, all of my vintage clothing friends, I mean, y'all are like, mm-hmm, I do not mind digging through closets. So anyway, so Will and I, last week, went out, um, drove out to East Texas and spent the whole day going through drawers and closets and, and, and y'all, I was dying. Like the stuff that was there was amazing and I knew it was amazing. And so I really spent a whole day kind of getting a grip on what I thought the scope of the collection was. There were clothes going back to the 20s, um, you know, just like a huge amount of stuff. And so I went back again this Sunday once I had a chance to kind of spend a week thinking about it. And um, I identified, let's see, three vintage clothing dealers that I have been following for years um, two of them are out of New York, and actually the two out of New York I met in person, again, at some antique shows um, up in New York, and then have started following their social media and have been a buyer on social media, but, but also follow them just because I find it super fascinating to see what people are selling. And then another dealer that I don't know, never met her, but I started following her on social media, and she's out in Portland, Oregon. And so I, I've been in touch with these dealers. They are buying um, a lot of these things. And so let me then drill down to the social media part of this. So the dealer that I'm um, that I'm dealing with out in Oregon, I found her through social media. And you all have heard me in other training videos and in other podcasts talk about the importance of hashtags when you are on Instagram, when your business is on Instagram. And so I found this dealer out in Portland through hashtags like vintage clothing, you know, vintage clothing dealer, you know, vintage 50s dresses, whatever it is. I follow a lot of very specific hashtags of things that I collect, things that I'm interested in. And over the years, I bet I have been watching her um, probably for three years now, maybe four 
Um, and she is exceptionally good. I mean, unbelievably good at her Instagram stories. She also lists things on her feed on Instagram. She also has an Etsy shop and she also has a brick and mortar out in Portland, but she is the master of um, utilizing Instagram stories to showcase the beautiful vintage that she's selling. And then she sells off of Instagram stories too. She's like a master. So the name of this um, particular dealer is X to Bay Vintage. I will link to everybody that I'm talking about in um, the show notes of the podcast or in the description of this video, however you're listening to um, or receiving this training. But she is somebody worth um, studying. At any, de- any dealer that's interested in selling on Instagram, I would really study her because she's very, very good at it. Um, but my point is, I am shipping to her today, I think six boxes, really big boxes of vintage clothes. And I found her through social media, okay? So, you know, she's receiving an amazing, amazing shipment of vintage um, clothing and hats because of social media, because of how she uses social media, and because I can tell the quality of what she sells, um, I was able to make a decision about reaching out to her based on the strength of her social media platform. Um, the other dealer that I'm working with out of New York, again, although I met them in person, I haven't seen them in a long time live, um, but I am watching them on social media and and they are doing an excellent job. This dealer is Thriftwares. They are out of New York. Um, and... They are also excellent at, they have a beautiful website, they are selling on their feed, but I really follow them on Instagram stories and have been interested to see how they, you know, frankly have had to pivot because nobody's doing any shows right now um, and how they've really taken advantage of Instagram and Instagram stories to showcase um, beautiful things. And then they also have a website. So again, the power of social media to either um, attract, I mean, I would call myself, um, I don't know, would I be a picker in this case? <laughs> I guess I would be, like a supplier. You never know who's watching you on social media. You know, it, it could be a collector like myself who's really just there to buy, or, you know, things come across people's paths all the time. And I love to connect people. That's, I think, one of my strengths in life is connecting people. And social media has the power to do that. You just never know what somebody is going to come across that they are personally not interested in, but they might be interested in selling it or helping somebody else sell it. And if there's kind of a, I don't know, I'm going to call it a, um, a virtual Rolodex in their mind of dealers that they could reach out to because of who they're watching on social media, well, you might be, you may be one of those dealers that somebody reaches out to. So there's, I guess, many layers of opportunity if you really um, commit to building a social media audience. You just, you just never know um, whether it's a sale or a supplier or a picker. Um, having a strong social media presence can be incredibly beneficial to your business. So there's two case studies for you all of situations that I've personally been involved in. Um, So I know that it works, absolutely. So I guess my parting, um, I guess, recommendation to you all is this. Regardless of the, the status of the world and the status of, you know, whether people can shop in person or not, 
Social media is 100% worthy of your time and effort to establish and grow. The number of people that are online these days in the year 2020 is staggering. And the number of people that you can reach through social media is practically limitless. Um, social media you know, surpasses geography. It doesn't care about age. It doesn't care about uh, pandemics. Social media is working all the time. And so I really highly recommend to you all that you really seriously consider spending time growing your social media. And there's several ways that I can help you do that. So one way is by watching these training videos that I am posting on Facebook, on two different Facebook pages, both my Getting Social with the Curious Cowgirl Facebook page, and then also my Curious Cowgirl Facebook page, both ways. Um, you can also listen to these trainings on my Getting Social with the Curious Cowgirl podcast. I will link to all of these resources for you. Another way that you can spend some time um, and invest some time in growing your social media is to consider taking one of my two digital courses. So digital courses, if you're not familiar, are simply courses that um, it's almost like you're enrolling in an online school. But the difference with the digital course is you take the course in your own time, at your own pace. You don't have to be online at a certain time every week or, or whatever. You pay for the class or the digital course, and then you take the course at your own speed. So I have two digital courses. My signature course which walks you through both Facebook and Instagram, soup to nuts, everything you need to know about getting up and going on Facebook and Instagram, and then a lot of really specific training on how to grow those two platforms. You can sign up for my digital course, which is called Getting Social with the Curious Cowgirl. I will link to that information, again, in the description of this video or in the show notes of this podcast. And then my second digital course is called the 30-Day Ramp-Up, and it is designed for those of you all who are participating in a date-specific event. So it could be an antique show, it could be a flea market, it could be that you have a, maybe you have a shop, a brick and mortar, and you're going to be doing a big event. Um, maybe you have a booth at a mall and maybe the mall is doing some big event to get people, you know, inside the mall. So any date specific event, my 30 day ramp up course is designed to teach you how to promote yourself and others. So maybe you're the show promoter, maybe you're the mall manager. It is designed to teach you how to take advantage of the 30 days prior to a specific event in promoting and getting people um, getting people there to your event. So those are my two digital courses. And then the third way that I can help you is I do work one-on-one -on -one with dealers. Um, I call it private tutoring, call it private consultation, but I do work one-on-one -on -one with folks. Um, sometimes that works better. And sometimes I know that, you know, you may have a real particular specific situation and you just really want to get right down to brass tacks and you want me to help you with, you know, one particular thing. So if that, applies to you, feel free to email me, marythecuriouscowgirl at gmail.com, and we can talk about what your needs are and then make a plan together about how I can best help, help serve you and help you accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. 
But any of those three options, you all, I really encourage you to think about those things and really make a commitment to yourself and your business to learn how to use social media. It is, it is not something that you will regret and it is absolutely an investment in your business that will reap some rewards just like the two examples I gave you at the beginning of this training video or podcast. All right, you all. So as always, I hope you stay safe and well, and I will look forward to visiting with you all again soon. All right, take care. Bye.